If you love the Black Married and Dead Free podcast, if you get any joy, if we've ever done anything for you, do us a huge favor and go and give us a five-star review on this podcast. Leave us a comment if you like, but that helps our viewership ranking. Peace. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we are glad that you're here for another episode of the Black Mary and the Death Free podcast. Uh, I'm really excited because we have a special guest on today that's going to be sharing an amazing story. And, you know, as you uh, make your way around the this finance community, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of bag talk, right? There's a lot of, you know, next level financial literacy. And we love that. But there's nothing like the simplicity of paying down debt, lowering your expenses and building wealth that way. So we really want to highlight this story because this young lady uh, and, and, her, and her husband did something wonderful Um and we, we, we just want to get into it. So please welcome Corazon Eaton. We want to thank you for joining us. Uh, Corazon, how are you doing? Let me get you here on the screen. <laughs> how are you doing? Good. I'm so glad to be here and to be talking to you guys as well, because you guys have been on a journey yourselves and um, happy to also be on the same kind of journey and trajectory, real estate, personal finance, and um, to have this conversation with you guys. Great. Well, we are Absolutely. super excited um, that you're here with us today. Um, but can you share a little bit of, about yourself with our viewers before we hop uh, deeply into your story? Like, let us know, like, where you're from or just, you know, basic information. Yeah. So I'm Corazon Eaton. I was actually born in Busia, Kenya, which is in East Africa. And so I'm an immigrant of the United States, came to the States when I was pretty young, um, was raised in a small town called Manhattan, Kansas, and went to actual undergrad 
at Kansas State University, where Manhattan, Kansas is, um, went to grad school and got my master's in public health and worked in the nonprofit industry until about a year and a half ago, um, where I just jumped from nonprofit to corporate. And I also started what's called Corzana Kimi, which is a personal finance business, just teaching and educating working professionals on how to manage and master their money. So that's that's where that's what got me here today, <laughs> um, talking with you guys and even with the story of paying off my student loan debt. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's great. So take us tell us a little bit about um, your student loan debt. Um, like how much was it? What prompted you um, and your husband to to tackle the debt? Um, tell, take us a little bit through that journey. Yeah, so I owed $131,637 in 10 cents of student loan debt. People are like, the 10 cents matters. Um, and my husband actually owed, when we got married, he, uh, in just debt in general, owed about 20000 So you can see the disparity in general between us. And as you could probably even imagine, the conversations that took place about paying off debt in general. Um, so I took on about $50,000 in undergraduate debt and about $50,000 in my master's program as well. So if you're not aware, the average about a person pays when they have a master's degree um, in total is about $70,000. And so I ended up going to a private master's program, which is a little bit more costly. And because of that and the accumulation of interest over about a 10-year period, I ended up with $131,000 of student loan debt. And I was actually avoiding Sally Mae, <laughs> like the like the plague. <laughs> I was one of those people that was, um, you know, avoiding phone calls. I was dipping and dodging um, Sally Mae a hundred percent, and it was actually my husband. Uh, he was like, "Why don't you call the people? <laughs> uh, you know, why don't you make contact?" And um, this is before we were married, but. Um, and I did. <laughs> and I got right. <laughs> I got right with them peoples. And um, that's when I actually just even started just being honest and transparent, like making my my payments towards my student loan debt. And when I say payment, it wasn't even enough of a payment to do anything. Because as most of you guys are probably aware, when you're paying the minimum amount towards your student loan debt, what often happens is you're only paying the interest that's accrued on the debt and not even impacting your principal. So that's what I've just been doing. And also I told you guys I was working in the nonprofit industry and I was, I had signed up to do the 10 year student loan forgiveness program as part of that. And that's when news started to come out that less than 5% of people were even accepted for that program. And I started to worry. Um, I was on this, you know, trajectory of like getting my finances together and the thought of one, I already had such a large amount of debt and it was all, it was growing. Right. I, the impact and the payments that I was making wasn't impacting the principal at all. It was actually my I saw my student loan debt grow over time. And so I was just worried about what would happen if I continued in this path and then was rejected from that program. Yeah. You know, um, and then the other realization and what really hit me, too, is that you know, I paid about 30000 or I had about $30,000 in interest that I'm paying somebody else and not helping myself on, right? 
you know, like I'm, I'm growing their business, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm growing their business by paying that interest to them before I'm helping myself, you know, before I'm helping my principal. And when that dawned on me, I just knew I had to do something about it. And so therefore came the conversations with my husband <laughs> um, and he was happy about the 10 year loan forgiveness program. <laughs> yeah. He was, um, he was here for it. <laughs> and so it was actually a, the conversation was just about us getting out of debt in general. We were engaged at that time. And I just was like, you know, we're going to, we're going to be married here in a, six months. You know, how do we tackle our finances and what is our plan for tackling our finances as a married couple? It's probably like not something people think about when you're like wedding planning. Um, <laughs> but that's what I was thinking about. You know, how are we going to prosper financially as a couple? And so we sat down and he wasn't convinced that we could pay the student loan debt off. Um, he was not convinced at all. And so I had to put a plan in place to show that him it was to show him it was possible because I think a lot of times, even even myself, why I had avoided Sally Mae student loans for a long time is like my own self-limiting beliefs, right? Um, of not valuing what it is that I could do or bring to the table or the impact that I can make on my own personal finances and that self-belief too. And so that's what he was going through, um, the struggle. He didn't, he didn't think it was possible. And so, um, and a lot of people do this. I've talked about this, you know, we don't try, right? The unfortunate part is like, we don't put ourselves out there to begin with, to start, to ever see if something could come to fruition. And so then we stop, stop ourselves from any progress. And so I laid it out there. And when we looked at our you know, expenses and we looked at our income, we actually realized we could pay the debt off in four years of a period of time. And so once I did that, you know, that helped, <laughs> that helped the pressure on his end a little bit in okay, maybe this is possible. <laughs> you know, it's a large amount, but if this is going to help you, it's going to help us. It, it looks like it could be possible. And so that's when we just started. We started with his debt. We paid off his car first. Then we paid off his student loan debt. Um, we saved an emergency fund. We bought some real estate along the way. And then we tackled this, this bit of debt that was supposed to be over a four-year period and ended up being um, paid off in 14 months instead. So... Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, there's so yeah. much, so much, uh, you know, meat on that story. Yes. Uh, that we want to get to. Yes. And I would yeah. like to highlight um, something that you said earlier about how you started this talk while you were engaged right. and that it wasn't just about the wedding, right? It wasn't just about an event, but the fact that you two were planning a life together yeah. and making sure that you had plans in place to tackle that debt together. So it was awesome to see or to hear um, about that teamwork and um, putting that plan um, into place. So tell us a little bit about that plan. So some folks that we interview, they do side hustles. They, you know, so, you know, were you able to just, um, to focus on the debt with your, with your nine to five uh, careers or were you, you know, seeing, were you doing any side hustling or, or anything, um, tricky, I, I would say along the way. Yeah, what was the hack? <laughs> what was the hack? Oh, there have been some hacks, uh, <laughs> but 
you know, that's a great question. There was no side hustle at that time. Um, when we started, it was basically our income. And like I said, at that time, I was working in nonprofit. We were actually both working in nonprofit. Um, so it's amazing what you can do. And, um, you know, I've made progress within my career. But when I started in my nonprofit career, I started out making $28,000 a year. So um, and just built upon that and just maintain my lifestyle as I've grown my income in nonprofit world. And my husband's done the same. We're different in how we were raised, though, in that he grew up watching his um, grandparents like sit down, do their finances together. So I always joke like he's been saving since he was like five years old <laughs> and I've been over here being a hot mess. <laughs> and so, you know, which is like, but it's be the beauty in the story that like we came together and still have the same values and still have the same goals and we're able to um, be meet at the same place. Right. And it's actually a good thing that we were both mentally in the same space when we when we got together and, and also got married. But um, our to answer your question, it was our income. And so we literally just looked at our expenses, you know, how much what's coming out each month. And then we looked at our income. We looked to see what we could consolidate um, that would reduce expenses. And at that time, we ended up moving into a condo that cumulatively what we were paying um, separately, it actually ended up being less. We also um, lived in a, in a, um, we had a tax abatement too on our property and our condo. I love tax abatement, <laughs> uh, which if you don't know what tax abatement is, is you just, um, you're able to reduce your tax, the taxes that you pay on a property um, basically. And cities have this and some cities have this incentive so that they can get people to live in certain areas or communities. And so that significantly, significantly decreased our housing expense. But, mm -hmm. um, but we used what it is that we had and then we, I would say that we ended up creating momentum because we had these goals in place. Mm -hmm. So when I wrote down our goals, um, I used what we had, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think that's the starting place. Like, what can you do with what you have right now and today? And so I think it was about, you know, I want to say it was like when we started $2,500 that was the difference that we could put away and put towards um, student loan payment, which is significant, right? Um, but so that's what we, and actually, I think that was, that was what we were putting towards debt, towards savings, towards mm -hmm. investing, um, cumulative in the beginning. And so that's what we did. And then as we went on this journey, we picked up a rent rental property. Um, and then as we continued, we aggressively tried to make intentional efforts of increasing our income. And we did. So we were applying for jobs. I was actually found out I was like grossly underpaid too within the job that I did have and was like advocating for myself for equitable pay too at the time. And so just making those really intentional practices, intentional movements when it came to our income was significantly important. And I think it's significantly important for minorities and Black people in itself because that is our, that is our wealth, right? It's in our income. And so to let people not equitably pay you and to not be intentionally focused on making sure that that place where we can build our wealth is, you know, at, at its capacity um, is a disservice to self. And so we really, we were grinding it out, just putting applications. Okay. You know, if it's not internal promotions, we're looking externally. And so that's what we did. 
throughout the the course. And that's what actually ended up helping us that and real estate, um, $20,000 of our payment for the student loan came from our rental property as well. So, yeah. We have to tell us more about that. Yeah. That's wild uh, journey. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> I've always loved business, um, but my husband hasn't. <laughs> so okay. he's, been, he's been late to this train. And so that also took some, I'm always convincing him. I'm always bringing him along <laughs> the journey and seeing how, you know, we can tackle these things together. But I um, saw, saw a cheap property on sale one day and I was like, let's go take a look at it. We hit up our realtor we met with her and it was terrible. It was no wonder it was, it was cheap because it was cheap for a reason. <laughs> um, and so, but that was, that was it for me. I wanted to dig a little bit deeper and start looking at properties. So that's what we started doing. Um, and I will say like, we didn't have a huge budget. You know, like I said, we worked in nonprofit. We were trying to tackle these goals and, but we were very, I wouldn't even say practical. We were probably out of our minds because we really wanted a multifamily property with a shoestring budget. And so, but we had our, you know, we had a realtor in Ohio and we actually had a realtor in Kentucky too, because we lived in Cincinnati at the time and Cincinnati, they call it Cincinnati because yeah. they border each other. So the, we had seen probably about 55 properties in Cincinnati um, before we actually ventured out and got another realtor in Kentucky because properties were cheaper. And both of them tried to convince us to get a single family property. But being the person that I am, like I love strategy, the math didn't make sense, right? I'm also like planner and like to have safety measures in place. So for us, I knew having at least two units, you have some type of protection, right? From the mortgage payment, um, from when you, you know, making sure that you have two renters or at least one renter always in place to help with not just expenses, but, um, well, yeah, with just expenses in general. So that's what I, that's like what I had envisioned. And one thing I'll say is I always stick to my visions, you know, like if I, I have, there's flexibility there. Right. But I, I want to at least try first. And so they try, our realtors try to convince us to get a single family. They're like, you know, about that budget, <laughs> you know, you guys might consider a single family because one thing with, also, too, with single family properties, people take care of them better. So we're in multifamilies and they're just a mess. And it's our first property. We were we also didn't want something that took a lot of work um, and that needed a ton of rehab with it being our first pro- property. So we we didn't want to take anything like that on. So you can see we're picky. We're over here being bougie. <laughs> Um, with this shoestring budget. And so finally we ended up finding a property and it was black owned as well with them. It was an older married couple and they were so proud. I'll say too, um, Mm -hmm. to kind of pass this down. I don't even know if this is my husband was like, don't forget about us, brother. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, what saved us in the journey because multifamily properties are really competitive. So, we knew and we started to realize the trends of being, you have to be the first, right? You need to get in there. You need to put, put a competitive, competitive offer first. Right. And so at the end, once we started to get that, we ended up um, being more strategic about how we went. We were, I was on looking for properties 
all the time, um, contacting a realtor. So we were the first to see the property. And then like right then and there, literally almost our realtor was putting <laughs> putting the, um, the paperwork together and we put the offer in. And so that was our first property. Um, our second property, we house hacked. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, we ended up buying... We moved from Cincinnati to Columbus, and we ended up buying a multifamily property where we lived on one side, ran into the out the other, and saved us about nine hundred dollars of housing costs by doing so. That's awesome. I mean, this is like a master class. You know, <laughs> how anyone could do it, like, and I love all the layers. I, I do want to ask you because so many people, when they're paying off their uh, their debt and they've made this plan. There's there's this big debate over do I invest, whether it be the real estate market or the stock market, or do I just pause everything and and focus focus on on paying off the debt? Yeah. What made you say, you know what, if 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 we really get a cash flowing asset going, if we invest in this this thing that maybe can even accelerate our debt payoff. What what, how did you make that decision uh, to to invest in real estate while paying off debt? That's a great question. I don't even know that there was any like rhyme or reason. <laughs> I just knew I wanted to own real estate and I knew I wanted to build wealth and it was a way to leverage wealth. And um, we both had some some savings coming into being married. So we were able to utilize that to pay. Because if you buy a multifamily property with the traditional route, we went the traditional route um, of buying a property. And so we had to put 25% down on it, on that multifamily property. So We did that. And then, but we've done everything simultaneously, right? We've been paying down debt. We saved our emergency fund and we've been investing all at the same time um, because you don't have, not everything has to be linear. And you, we also knew we wanted to make real estate doesn't get cheaper, um, right? And investing, any type of investing is is a long-term game and strategy, right? Um, They, what do they say? Uh, Time in the market is your best friend. So, you know, it's a say it's the same with real estate. That's an investment. And, you know, the, the later you get it, the higher it costs. I'm regretting now not buying a ton of properties back then <laughs> with how everything is going right now. Um, so we just knew that we wanted to just really be aggressive within all of our goals. Um, and that even just that also for us meant our our personal fund. Like we also didn't cut everything out of our lives that we enjoyed and valued. In fact, we like did the opposite. We created a value-based budget, um, you know, instead of like a restrictive diet budget. Um, And that really made even just the process more tolerable as we went throughout the journey. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. I like that because I think that someone, someone needs to hear that. Someone needs to hear that you can do this and that, you know what I'm saying? And that you can, um, strive towards multiple goals, you know, as you are, um, you know, on this journey. So I'm glad that, that you brought that out and I'm glad to hear that that's a part of your story. And so in terms of the debt, um, for the student loan debt, tell us about that final payment. Yeah. Cause, cause you had a really dope viral moment. Yeah. <laughs> we want to definitely talk about that. What was that like? Yeah, that was um, the most spring moment I've ever had. Um, to be honest with you guys, it, it was, you know, I I just dealt with this debt for years and I hadn't 
really dealt with it for years. <laughs> and then it was became something that was a burden to me as I became more financially aware. And so I wanted to be rid of the burden, the fact that we were able to do what we said we would do. Um, there's a lot we could have done with that money, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I struggled. There was times I'm like, I could buy a building, <laughs> you know, like I, I love real estate. I love homes. I'm like, I could really do that. And then we could, we could pay this off later. Um, and I had a lot of those moments <laughs> back and forth. Um, and, you know, it was just like, again, just like sticking to what was the plan and what our why, right? Like what, what is the why that we're doing this? And um, that really helped us stay centered. <laughs> um, but man, it was just a freeing moment. And I'm glad I was able to share it with people too, because I do believe that, you know, by releasing that burden, I hoped that I was releasing it for, for others as well by seeing that it was possible um, and something like that was possible. And seeing a Black woman and a Black couple do that as well um, was really important for me. And so, but it was liberating. It was one of the most liberating liberating things because we could have done, like I said, a lot of things with that money, but we bought our freedom. Yeah. Yes. And so you, did you do, you did a lump sum when you paid it off or tell us about, about that. All one swoop payment. It hurt too. (laughs) Um, So yeah. So what we ended up, we're, there was a student loan freeze going on um, right now at this time. So because of it, we just saved, we saved those like 14 months, saved it all the money um, as we were hitting our goal. It was our last, it was like our last thing. Um, and so we saved it up. We didn't have any interest to worry about. We didn't have any payments to worry about at this time. And we just paid it all off in one singular payment. So. Wow. Wait, you mean you didn't take advantage of that freeze and just like keep that money and like you didn't do that <laughs> like, do like that. a lot of people did <laughs> I, wanted to, I'm not, I wanted to buy a property in Mexico <laughs> oh man we were in Cabo too uh, <laughs> right before and we were actually seeing properties I tell you I'm like a visual um I'm a um I'm a visual dreamer, right? Like I like seeing my goals. I like writing out my goals. And um, that's next next. I'm going to have a property. I'm going to have a property in Mexico. But um, those, all of those goals, I wrote them all down. I wrote down every single goal that I hope to achieve, um, envisioned it, you know, manifested it and created a plan. And then um, just like went after it. And, but yeah, we, 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 I remember when he saved our, it's so funny because we, I think we both came from really, really humble beginnings. And when we saved our first, we saved $30,000 for an emergency fund. It's like a year emergency fund. And my husband, he kept saying, can we just take it out the bank and just like touch it? Right, right. Because <laughs> like, you know, the fact that we, I didn't even make that my first job out of college, right? So to save $30,000 when I didn't even make that in income. So it was like, we were both proud and just like, yeah, he really wanted to take it out the bank. Right. <laughs> he wanted to touch it, see what it felt like. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's just very inspiring to mm-hmm. to hear that, you know, like you said, you wrote the vision down, um, you kept it before you, and then you actually followed through. Like, there's something very powerful about that. Uh, similar to our story, we did the same thing. You know, we would have, you know, vision boards in our room and, you know, we, by this day, we're going to be done. And, and then to actually do it, you was like, man, I could actually set a goal 
and complete yes. the goal, you know? And so right. I think that's awesome. And, and, and moving forward, you are, uh, you touched on a little bit, but you're empowering others and sharing, uh, you know, financial literacy with others. So can you talk a little bit about what you've been doing, you know, since you've paid off all your, all of your debt? Yeah. So the Corazon Akini actually came from, a, it was a friend of mine that was, I just freely gave personal finance advice to. And this is like, this is just a testimony of community and our need for community and people that support us because um, I just love personal finance at work. I'd be like, you got a budget, <laughs> you know, to my, my, my team, <laughs> like you're paying too much in housing costs, you know? Right. And so it's just something that I freely talked about and was really passionate about. And a friend of mine um, was just wanted help with her personal finances. And she, and I would just do it. And she was like, no, no, I want to pay you. I want to pay you to help me. And you know, I thought she was crazy. And I'm like, no, like, why would you, I, I'm happy to share this knowledge with you. And she called me one day and was like, I'm ready. Where do I pay me? Like where? And I, so I had to get my life together. <laughs> like I, I had to create a business. And so um, that's what ended up happening is, you know, from my, my, my network, my friends, my community um, wanted to support what it is that I was doing. And so um, it just, and that's where we are today. We actually, we also invested in a, um, a vending machine business. So we're operating and running. Uh, we have 28 vending machines in, in Columbus, Ohio. And so that's another business that we run. And so real estate vending machine and continuing to just to tackle personal finances yeah. and buy more real estate and buy, invest in more businesses, you know? And so that's what a lot of people they want to get into business without managing their finances, you know, mm -hmm. kind of a recipe for disaster. I get a lot of people that are like, Oh, teach me about the vending machine game and teach me about real estate game. Mm -hmm. And we would have been in a, we would have been in a really detrimental situation if we didn't have our finances together, especially in real estate, because there's so much that comes up and so much cost. That's me. Sorry. Related to real estate, and I mean, when we when we I think six months after we got our property, one of our tenants moved out, mm -hmm. um, like just out of nowhere, and you know, and we had to like do some renovations, and we had never spent the money that was sitting there from the profits of the property, and it's that discipline that we had that allowed us to win in our personal finances, but win in business too. Yeah. And people don't, they don't think that way because everyone is focused on making a dollar um, versus managing their, what they currently have and seeing how that can grow. And, but I truly believe that because of our discipline, because of our skill set, and because of the way that we manage our money, it will just, it will take us further along. I, I think that you said something really key there because there's levels to it and people want to uh, graduate and, and just start on the business side, like, or in the real estate side. And like very similar to your story with us, the discipline that we learned by going through paying off our debts helps us in real estate to where just like you real estate income to many people is just like, I can throw that and I can start spending that. And it's like, no, no, because we've developed this disciplined muscle, 
we can be disciplined in real estate and say, let's, that's just going to stack or that's going to we will use that to reinvest into more real estate. And I think a lot of times people just want to skip to the let me start making money. And but they haven't forget really got the basics. They forget the basics. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. that's why they struggle. You know, so I heard a, I heard a quote and it's like sometimes you're placed in a situation for a season and that season is what gives you the seeds for the next harvest. Wow. You know, and it, so it, it's like it's temporary. Yeah. I mean, you know, paying off this large amount of debt isn't fun always, but it's it's temporary. It's for a season. And then we're going to be in our we're we're in our growth season right now um, with now that we've been able to leverage and pay off that debt. We're, we're able to leverage even more money towards our, our visions and our goals and our aspirations and our dreams. And so um, we did what we had to do in that, in that season, put our head down, keep our lifestyle, maintain our lifestyle. Um, and those seeds are, are going to um, bear fruit, you know? So. That's great stuff. Well, we really appreciate you being on and sharing your story. What an amazing story it is. Uh, so for those who want to follow you, on uh you know whatever platforms can you let let people know where they can find you you're definitely a great follow on ig but yes yeah, <laughs> let people know where they can find you yes yeah, so my website is corzonakini.com and you can find me on instagram at and facebook at corzon akini finance and that's c-o-r-a-z-o-n-a-k-i-n-y-i finance thank you so much thank we really you. appreciate you being on thanks for having me Absolutely. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Black Mary and Defrey podcast. Uh, this is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we're going to holler at you guys on the next one. Peace. Bye.